there's this culture of we've added so much onto what it means to be a Christ follower that now that some of that stuff is being brought into question, people people don't know how to be Christian because these uh, these ideologies have been so intertwined with following Jesus that it's just hard to see the difference sometimes. And so people, when they're people right now who are rejecting Christianity totally, a lot of them are, are rejecting this this hijacked uh, faith that. Uh, they don't feel connected to anymore. You're listening to Rethinking Christianity, and I am Blake. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. And actually, this is the first episode of season two. We're super excited for the episodes that we're going to be putting out and some of the themes and ideas that we're going to be talking about this season and some of the people that we're going to be interviewing. If you listen to this episode and you find it helpful or encouraging or just challenging, um, if you could do us a big favor by sharing it with someone that you think might find it helpful, that helps us by other people finding the podcast and it helps others discover the podcast. This episode is titled A Faith that was hijacked. Uh, and it's all about this idea how Christianity at times has kind of been hijacked by politics, Americanized Christianity, uh, and all of those things. So with all that being said, here is episode one of season two. We hope that it's helpful and you enjoy it. All right, everybody, this is the first episode of season two of Rethinking Christianity. And I have my friend with me, Caleb Earl, uh, the legend. He has his Christmas tree still up in the in the back behind him. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, so a problem for that. Do what now? Anyone who gives me a problem for that can just know that today's actually the liturgical last day of Christmas. So, uh, okay. I, well, technically in the clear here, if we're talking about being a Christian. Yeah, so. well... You definitely came from the super spiritual side of things, so um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so today we're going to have a co- – Caleb, glad you're on. I mentioned at the end of last uh, last season that Caleb would be on with us. I'm glad to have you on. He's going to be talking – he's going to be helping us out a good bit. So we actually came up with some of the ideas for these episodes together, um, and this is kind of the direction we're going. Um, so this season, season two – so the first season that I did this um, – I was kind of just going by the seat of my pants and figuring things out as I went and trying to work through my own thoughts. Um, but this season is going to be about um, reclaiming things um, that we feel have been redefined or in another words, uh, stolen or hijacked. So the episode title of this episode, episode one of season two is a faith that was hijacked. Um, and so this is kind of the direction that we're going uh, and the big question, I guess, that, you know, I think that I think there's a lot of things that kind of draw attention to this, um, especially in the Western, you know, world in America. Um, Caleb lives in Italy. And so I feel like things are probably a lot different in his context, but he's very aware of what's going on in America with the church. And I think the big question a lot of people have is, is what we see today in the church really what like Jesus intended for it to be? And do the way that we practice faith or present faith to people and how they ought to practice it, is that, you know, how it's presented, is that what Jesus would have wanted? Is that what the church is supposed to be? So that's where we're, that's where we're headed um, in this season. We're in a really interesting time. I feel like in the 
Christian church where there's just so much going on that people are back and forth, left and right, rethinking what they believe. Many people are abandoning what they believe. Many people are trying to hold on. Uh, We are really, our heart for this podcast, I guess, is just to, you know, try to hold on and, but at, at the same time, examining the issues that we're seeing, you know, in, in the church, in American Christianity, because we believe that this is, uh, this is life changing. This is something yeah, that can yeah. transform the world and we don't want to see it burn completely down. You know? Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. And like, it's kind of just one of those things where we feel like there's a, there's a good opportunity in front of us also. It's like people are willing to change thoughts and have thought processes. And I think a lot of people are looking for uh, ideas and things that would make them feel like they're not the only one in the world that's thinking through these things and dealing with them. So I think that there's, you know, for you listening, if you're one of those people, you're not alone. Like there's a bunch of us that are kind of like, okay, like something's got to give here. Like this doesn't seem right. Uh, and so that's why we have titled the first uh, episode as a fate that was hijacked. And so when you, you know, when you hijack something, you are taking it and making it your own, doing what you want with it. And that is kind of what has happened and occurred in Christianity in America. Um, so let's just kind of walk through some, if you're not aware of what's going on in America with the church or whatever, um, you probably are, even if you're not a Christian, but okay. So Today, this is what is interesting. We're recording this on January 6th, but today is the one-year anniversary of the insurrection of the Capitol, which is, I have in my notes right here, um, the first thing that I have is that um, the church and a lot of Christianity has become obsessed with a culture war and winning uh, politics. So that's kind of an interesting thing that today um, that's going on. So we have an obsession with a culture war, political war, and a fight to be won. Uh, we, you know, anyone that is opposed to conservative uh, evangelical Christianity becomes demonized, is is dubbed woke or liberal, can't be trusted. The stuff they say is not valid. Um, there is an attitude of certainty and better than. Uh, and I think the certainty, uh, I think certainty is such a weird thing, especially when you're dealing with the mystery of God. Um, then on the flip side of that, when you get in the specifics of church, you have a church wrapped up in growth models, uh, celebrity pastors. If you're on TikTok at all, um, Passion Conference is getting lit up by people, which is also interesting. Um, a conference kind of built on celeb culture. Yeah. So, and what that often has kind of like created is like not a lot of spiritual depth. And so people that have a lot of hard questions and are deconstructing and have doubt can't seem to find a place where they feel like they can have these questions dealt with or talked about. Uh, and then that model of church kind of creates uh, an attend, get baptized, serve on a team, listen to a sermon and leave and come back model of church. So those are all like, that's a bunch of very broad things that are going on here. Um, and that's kind of what the church is identified by. Uh, and then there's also like scandals and, and things like that. But all of these are things that, like when I think about Jesus and I think about the message that he taught and I think about even, you know, early, like in Acts, like the 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 church is presented by uh, the apostles and disciples and what they believe about Jesus to be true um, is not a lot of these things, right? Like, so I think it's just, I think this is where we see is there's something beautiful and there's a, it's like a mosaic and something that's really cool. 
but it's been taken and turned into something different. So a fake has been hijacked, right? Yes, exactly. By people who there's this culture of we've added so much onto what it means to be a Christ follower that now that some of that stuff is being brought into question, people, people don't know how to be Christian because these, uh, these ideologies have been so intertwined with following Jesus that it's just hard to see the difference sometimes. And so people, when they're people right now who are rejecting Christianity, totally, a lot of them are, are rejecting this, this hijacked uh, faith that, uh, they don't feel connected to anymore. Um, you know, it's like, I can't be a Christian if I am not opposed to Democrats, if I'm not opposed to, um, you know, Biden or whatever, whatever these, there, there's so many political beliefs that are wrapped up around here. I have to be against refugees. I have to be against this. I have to be against that. So it's just so difficult for some people to really hang on to the the beauty of who Jesus is because there's just so much wrapped up in in what we understand who we understand him to be that yeah. man it's just a mess sometimes you know Yeah and things get redefined and yeah. you know like everything has become so like christianese it's kind of a yeah. weird way of saying it but it's like it's very corny. There's a lot of corniness and cliche about Christianity. And so on top of like all the things that we just listed about, like things like scandals, things like political power, things like money, th- all those things. And, and here's the thing that we're not saying, we're not claiming that the church is going to, it needs to be perfect or, or we're not claiming also that every single church like this, but a, what, what is sad is that, you know, a big representation of the church does participate in the way in which the church is presented in this manner. Um, there's been redefining of what spiritual formation looks like, redefining of what it means to be Christian, redefined. And it's all these things that are just additives that are not necessarily what was originally intended. Um, and so it makes the, like the idea and the model of the Western church very hard to take seriously. And yeah. so then what we have seen is like people that are choosing to deconstruct are like, they become demonized. So it's, it's kind of like this thing that's just so clearly like an issue. Um, and so what we're thinking through is if it is clear, right, that things have been kind of taken and redefined, um, there needs to be some kind of like, how do we take those things back and reclaim them in a way that um, hopefully as you, you as a listener, maybe can help you practice your faith. And like, me and Caleb are working through these things ourselves personally. Like, uh, like, what does it mean for me as Blake as to be a follower of Jesus? And, and how does that flow into my life and the way in which I live? Um, do you feel like, so like something we've kind of talked about, do you feel like there's certain, like, so for instance, sometimes I struggle to be honest with like uh, worship music or like yeah. in a service or like um, the idea of prayer. Like there are certain literally spiritual things that I think, um, over time, like I have kind of struggled with understanding what those mean for me personally, because of like, you know, I connect them with something that I yeah. don't think is like, really helpful for me anymore. Do you right. feel that also? Like, and if you're a listener, maybe you resonate with that, like that maybe at one point you really like, you were tied closely to a certain thing of, of your faith walk, spiritual practices, whatever it may be. And the connection of those things to things that you find damaging or find irritating about the church have now 
overflown into that act and you don't feel like you can really even participate in that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the last probably I'd say maybe a couple months ago, yeah, maybe three, three, four months ago, I really wrestled with listening to worship music too, because so much of it is just this like hot, like haughty, airy, hollow stuff that when you really think about it, it's like, does that really, does that really make sense? Um, I don't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted one time that I laughed so hard. He was like, Christians don't uh, tell lies. They sing them, you know? And so it was like this thing of, well, I'm I'm standing with lifted hands and I'm dancing and, and, and shouting for joy. But in reality, like someone's really just standing there still, but they're they're singing these words, but yeah. they're not really doing them. You know, it's, it's that's a really uh, basic and uh, maybe exaggerated example. Um, but uh, there was just so much of it that I was like, okay, I need something deeper here. I need something deeper than God just being all about my victories and my battles and my little personal struggles in my own little world. Like there are so many things going on in the world. There is uh, just countless issues that we're not thinking about that we're not facing because we're just, you know, in our happy little Sunday school world of everything's dandy and everything's wonderful. Um, but it's, I don't know. I feel like it's from a place of privilege. A lot of times of we just, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and many of us have no clue about that, you know, but we're just singing from a place of, well, Well, I mean, what you have, what is, you know, I mean, every, and here's, you know, the church always emulates the context that it's in. I mean, that, that's pretty, you know, common. It's not an unfamiliar thing. But I think what's interesting is in America is the tie that it has to capitalism, um, uh-huh. and the way it, it makes money and things like that. And I think that, you know, obviously part of that is like, you know, you have a target audience. And if, if the whole, like if, if your target audience has a, one way of understanding faith, you're going to create templates of presenting that same type of faith over and over and over again, whether that be in worship music, which literally all worship songs sound the freaking same and, and, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of books are written in the same way. You have the same publishing companies putting out the same books, the most popular speakers. They have similar, a lot of times have very similar styles of presenting their sermons and and things like that. So like, you know, that is not very like shocking, you know, that like, what has been kind of redefined and remade into something is, you know, reflective of what people in America, that's what they want um, yeah. really. And, and my thing is like, I think I struggle the most in, in, in critiquing it at times because I'm all about like, I want people to be able to have an honest uh, walk of faith and yeah. be able to practice following Jesus and what that means for them personally is different maybe for what it means to me. And I don't want to judge people for that because like what I'm not saying is that you're wrong for, um, you know, maybe you're involved in a, in a big church or maybe you are serving somewhere and maybe these things that we're critiquing actually resonate with you and you get something out of them. And I, I have had many moments where that was true for me. It just isn't necessarily the case anymore. Um, I have found that, I, you know, my following Jesus is kind of like, 
um, I think defined by di- in different ways. And so I think that that's where I struggle because I don't want to come across as like an arrogant person that's like, oh, I, I know what's right and you don't. And like I'm critiquing mega churches and mega pastors in the church in America. I think it all always goes back to the question of like, is this what Jesus intended? And so I just kind of wonder sometimes, like, I, I, I wonder, like, am I wrong for critiquing or am I, am I wrong for, like, you know, wondering if people should, like, abandon this kind of idea of what faith has become, uh, at least in the United States. Uh, and I think it's kind of worldwide because the world is pretty yeah. much consumeristic for the most part. But I do think that what you mentioned about it coming from privilege is kind of a real thing. Um, just because it emulates, I mean, the church will emulate the people that come and most of America, no, most of American church is like class and can buy products that are being given. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. I heard, um, I heard Richard Rohr, um, say one time, whether it was in a podcast or a book or something. Um, but he talked about the idea of, Jesus said, follow me, not worship me. And I know that probably sends up a trigger probably for some people who might have grown up in fundamental uh, or conservative backgrounds. But I think it really highlights the idea that we want to just, we want to put Jesus up on his nice little pedestal in our Sunday morning service. We want to, you know, go to our conferences and read our books and listen to our music and stuff. Uh, But he said, follow me, do what I do. And I think the reality is so many times we're so focused on this just cultural Christianity where it's, it's actually comfortable. We give the illusion that it's not, and that it's actually really, you're standing up against the world and you're, you're going against the grain. But most people who are in these cultures, they're not actually engaging with people who are not thinking like them. And so it's not really a, like standing up against, you know, maybe some people do have that. I'm sure they do have that experience of being in positions where they aren't, you know, always the, uh, surrounded by other Christians, you know, but it, there's just this tendency to, to just fictionize and mythicize this little perfect image of Jesus that we have instead of doing what he did and loving our enemies and feeding the poor and welcoming the stranger. You know, there's all these things that we don't want to do because that's what's really uncomfortable for us is to do these things that require something of us. We want to just go on Sunday, listen to our message and have our nice little worship song and our coffee and whatever, put on our trendy outfit, you know? So I think that's why I struggled with worship music because it was so attached to that kind of lifestyle. Um, but now I think the last couple of months I've, I really have been genuinely like, okay, I actually, I know where I am with my faith. I know, uh, you know, what I'm believing about God. And I actually do want to sing a worship song right now. I actually do want to just elevate my attention to something higher, you know, to God and, and just give him my affection, my praise, my adoration for a minute. And that is healing for me, you know? And so 
I know it changes for people. I don't know. This is my perspective. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Yeah, I think what you mentioned is interesting about the Roar, Richard Roar's quote is, you know, and I'm sure some people didn't like that, but they'll be okay. You'll be okay. Um, so basically the way I look at that is like, okay, well, how do you, how would you worship Jesus? Well, I would assume by following him and doing the thing that is, that is a practice of worship. Um, and so, you know, that, that's such an interesting thing. And then the other thing you mentioned, like what is so vital about like when you actually follow Jesus, like things get messy. Like think like you're drawn into situations that are really awkward. Like if, if you just read the the scriptures, like and especially the gospels and the things that Jesus finds himself in the midst of, I feel like the the, the like most of us do not want to find ourselves in those situations because it yeah. requires us to be around very awkward things and uh-huh. isolation and attention that most of us don't necessarily want. And the attention comes from being around people that are not like in our groups that are not yeah. like us, that are usually like exiles and outcasts. Mm-hmm. And so like the point for me, okay. The point for me in hoping that people can kind of find reclaiming of faith is that what, what opportunities to like redefine what prayer looks like, redefine what meditation looks like, redefine what reading the scriptures look like, redefining what following Jesus looks like. What that does is, you know, a guy that I love to read and listen to is Mark Scandrat. And he talks about how when we are following the way of Jesus, uh, it brings us back to the reality of who we really are. So, for instance, when we literally follow the teachings of Jesus, so, for instance, what he says about if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, um, you've committed adultery in your heart. So, when I begin to think about that teaching and as a married man, if I see another woman and I begin to like look at her in that way, well, the teaching of Jesus draws me back to realizing oh man, I have this issue in my heart and this draws me away from that. Um, and so the point of this, the spiritual formation side of that is when I am by myself, when I am praying, when I am doing these things, it's preparing me for these moments where if I follow the teachings of Jesus, I'm prepared for the messiness, the awkwardness, and the, the situations that are really, really difficult. And so what I think for a lot of people is that what we see in the church is this lack of understanding what spiritual formation is and developing that for your own personal life. Um, essentially what happens is people are not taught how to prepare themselves for those moments when they're being obedient to Jesus. And so guess what they do? We're not obedient to Jesus because we're not like, we're not, we're not prepared to be ready for that. And so for me, I think that like being able to hopefully for you listening, like if you're a person that, thinks like, man, I just feel stupid praying. I feel stupid listening to worship music. I feel stupid listening to these sermons. Like, I think that all those, those points are vital, but what I think it can do for you is I think it can one became like, it can make you become aware of how different than Jesus you are and also prepare you for those moments of messiness when you do follow Jesus, because it draws up very awkward situations and it draws up you having to be okay with tension. Um, the Jesus story is all about tension and these tensions where we choose, am I going to choose the kingdom of self or the kingdom of God? Uh Um, and so all of those identifying markers that we mentioned earlier of the Western church in America, because they do not emphasize understanding and teaching people how uncomfortable it would be and teaching them about what spiritual formation actually looks like inevitability. It's inevitable that they, don't 
do those things, right? So um, a really good author, uh, John Mark Comer, has been really, really harping on the importance of spiritual formation. Um, yes. Somebody that really like kind of opened my eyes to the importance of it was um, Sister Joan Chittister um, that I interviewed. And, you know, Catholic and Orthodox life is very different than Protestant life. And they do an amazing job of creating these spiritual practices that prepare us for obedience to Jesus. Um, And so I'm kind of rambling, but, but these are things that like, as I'm thinking through, it's like, okay, it's not that shocking that people aren't being obedient and the church looks a specific way because what is it, what are we giving to people in churches? What are we giving them and showing them what it means to follow Jesus? So my thinking in like, there's a faith that was hijacked. Well, what does it mean to reclaim it and why? Why should I even care to reclaim it? Yeah. Because I just, I think that if you do, I'm going to just follow Jesus. I think having those moments of like your spiritual life um, prepare you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, that's really hard to do for people who have serious church hurt and who have been abused by church leadership and culture and we want to make a space for that. You know, I don't want to try to force anybody to, to be a Christian. I think that's why we've gotten our problem ourselves in the problems that we have is shoving stuff down people's throat. You know, I want to acknowledge real pain and real heartache, you know, and I think some people do need to just go through a season, go through a time when they are just mad and they're hurt and they're grieving and, and that's totally fine, you know? Yeah we're not trying to dismiss or spiritual bypass any kind of hurt or frustration. What we want to do is help the people who do want to hang on to this, who do want to continue following Christ. We want to help people do that, you know, help people leave behind things that they're ready to leave behind and to continue and move forward uh, rather than just burning something that can really be incredible. um, You know, Yeah. And I think there also is like, you know, the, it can be incredible, but I also think like to go off of what you just said, like there, there is space for you to also like, I think leaders to be held accountable and things like that. And like, I think that's part of like another, that's a whole another conversation of like, how does that get fixed and how do you you keep that from happening? I don't really know. I don't know. But, you know, I think there's always going to be, there is a, you know, Christians would use the word sin or whatever, but there is a flaw in humanity and they're going to screw up. Um, And so like, I I think that like, it's just kind of taking time to heal and reconcile is like very vital and important. And, you know, like I, I tell people, I'm like, you know, I'm really sorry that some of these things have happened to you and I'm sorry that you've been hurt by the church. And, you know, I confess I, I have participated in like systems that, have hurt people like, you know, and systems that have caused people probably like feelings of isolation and things like that in the church. And again, I go back to, okay, even within the Christianity that we have in America, when you begin to start opposing what has been at the forefront for a long time, it's going to get messy and it's going to have tension. And so again, like, for sure, like if you're someone listening, you've been hurt, things like that, you definitely take the time to heal. And I, I would, you know, if you can find people in your life to talk to about this, if you can find people that you know that genuinely follow Jesus to talk about this, um, and even people that don't, 
I think that like that process of like working through those things that have hurt you is really, really vital. Um, but I also think that, um, y- you know, there's an opportunity to like show what Jesus really is to people and prevent them from being the next you or prevent them from being the next yeah. person that gets hurt by the church. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the spiritual life um, and the re-understanding of what that means for each person uh, again, I go back to, I think it prepares you for those messy and intense moments, such as the yeah. ones that Jesus was in many times, because Jesus is a person who questioned the status quo of the time yeah. and claimed yeah. to be this guy that was bringing about something new and different and they didn't like it. So, yeah, yeah exactly. And he told us to do the same. And the status quo that he was addressing was the one in the religious circles, He was the biggest critic of the religious leaders and the religious communities. Uh, That's who he was, he was mostly fighting against, you know? And so we can't ignore that. We can't just not criticize church leaders or uh, theological doctrines and, and look at them again and, and rethink them. We can't just, throw all that out, you know, because most of the people that Jesus came and spoke against were the people that were so sure and certain that they knew what the right answer was. They were so certain in their knowledge and their opinions uh, that they completely missed the Messiah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to ever be so focused on and, and firm and shut off in my, ideas that I can't see when Jesus is telling me to love my enemy and love someone who thinks differently than me, you know, that he made space for everybody at the table. Yeah. And there's an interesting passage. I think it's in John um, where Jesus is <laughs> with the religious, you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. And um, he says to them, like, you look at the scriptures and in Jewish culture and Judaism, you know, the Torah and the law and everything was very held closely. And he says, you know, you look at the Torah, you look at the scriptures and you think that you find life in them, but you don't come to me who gives life. And it almost was, it's almost like him saying like, you look at tradition and you look at the, how things have been and you look at the expectations that you have and you look at the ways that, that you have thought to be true and you look at those things for life, but you don't come to me and so I, I think there's a similar like sentiment for what we have going on today is, you know, we look at our doctrines, we look at our worship music, we look at our pastors, we look at our conferences, we look at Christianity defined as how it has been defined in um, the Western world. But we oftentimes don't look to Jesus for life. And, and I don't want to paint broad strokes because I know not every right. person is that way, but there is a reason why people are walking away from the church and there's a reason why people are leaving and to ignore it is um, I think ignorant and to act as if though there is not an issue is ignorant. And um, if you're a person that says, well, you know, I I don't have these issues, you know, I'm in a church and I get fed and I like, that's great, but that's not, (laughs) that's not necessarily the case. And you may be in your, in an eco chamber where you're not having to interact with those people. Yeah. Yeah. There are people on, uh, that message us. There's people on Instagram. Uh, there's a whole hashtag called exvangelical. Yeah. Um, there's, there are Reddit threads, exvangelical of people who cannot do this kind of church anymore and this kind of Christianity. And yeah. before anyone accuses us, we are not redefining what the gospel is. We're not yeah. redefining 
who Jesus was. We're not saying that he didn't claim to be a divine figure. We're not claiming anything that you may think is heretical if you're a fundy. Um, we are simply hoping to give some people something that can maybe like bring them some hope exactly, and, and uh, bring their life happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that happiness is probably not the right word, but I think, um, what's the word I'm looking hope. for? Hope. Oh, yeah. Hope. Yeah. I already said hope. Hope. Help people hang on to faith. Yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, I love the, the statement. I think that Jesus gives us the best way to be human. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember who said it or I'd quote him, but um, I think Mark, maybe Mark Skandrat. I don't know. Shout out Mark if you're listening. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that is kind of like our hope for this season. Um, we really want to help people who feel like their faith has been hijacked or the Christianity or the Jesus that they read in the scriptures has been hijacked and taken away. Um, I think that that is where a lot of people are needing some reminders of like, okay, this is not, you know, we see this, like, this is not what it was intended to be. Um, and so that's the hope for the season. And we're excited for, what um, we think we're going to be able to walk through. Um, the next couple episodes will be kind of personal. So um, Caleb and I are going to share some of our own personal stories and um, kind of where we're coming from and what Christianity has meant to us at times and what maybe those, how those things maybe don't mean as much anymore and like where we're kind of trying to go towards. Um, and so, you know, later on in the seasons, we're going to continue to do interviews and things like that. And some of the interviews, um, they may not make sense with the overarching theme of, um, what we're presenting as reclaiming faith, but all the interviews that we do, we try to find authors or people that we feel like can help you, um, have a shifting in your perspective in one way or the other, uh, whether it be you you disagree with them or agree with them or whatever, just something that can be good. So we try to have intellectual um, conversations that make us think. Uh, and so yeah, we will continue to do. Probably we're not used to hearing either. You yes. Know? Yes. We want to highlight things that we're not, that aren't always the bubble that we're listening to. Yes, for sure. So if you're a listener and, um, you know, you're someone that maybe has some questions or you just want to share your heart, uh, do not hesitate to message us on um, Instagram. Don't hesitate to reach out. We more often than not will reply or respond. Um, thank you so much for listening, Caleb. Thank you for being on. Caleb will be around a bunch this season and, and into the foreseeable future. Um, you know, again, you're not alone in seeing the things that people are seeing. Um, and you're not, you know, you're not wrong for maybe being upset with those things. And if you're someone that's been hurt, um, taking that time to heal is important. And so we value that and we think it's important. So, uh, so a fate that was hijacked episode one, that is what we have kind of presented and what we think, um, about it. And our hope is to look towards something new, a new light, a new direction, um, moving forward from here. So season two is going to be great. We look forward to it. Thank you so much for listening until next time. This is Blake and Caleb. (laughs) Uh, this is, Rethinking Christianity, thanks for tuning in. We hope you all have um, a great day, great week, wherever you're at in life.
Thanks again for tuning in to Rethinking Christianity. I hope that this episode was helpful for you and the conversation that Caleb and I had was um, encouraging and maybe something that you resonated or connected with. If you feel like it's something that someone you know could connect with, uh, we really encourage you to share the episodes with people so that they can kind of understand that maybe some of the perspectives that they have are not just them, that there are other people that are thinking through some of these things in regards to Christianity and faith and religion. If you'd like to connect with more of our content, you can find us on Instagram by just typing in Rethinking Christianity Podcast. We post different stuff on there. Until next time, this is Blake. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to Rethinking Christianity. We're super excited for this season, and we hope you have a great day and great week. Thank you so much.